in my world, there's really three manifestos that I can really kind of point to and say, oh, yeah, that's a thing. First, of course, is historically, you know, the, the big one. That's Martin Luther's 95 Thesis is pounded nailed to the, the church door, uh, which, you know, didn't go well for him. Uh, second one is the Unabomber. Also not good for him. Third one is the Clue Train Manifesto, which if you haven't read it is an amazing book. I'm sure it's free online or just the the, the hundred theses or points within the manifesto is fantastic. It's effectively the building, the roadmap for what the internet was about to become. Truly at the time, epic and still worth a read. So why the heck did I feel the need to make my own? We'll find out. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the podcast dedicated to helping you get smarter at recruiting and hiring. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of employer brand and modern recruiting so that you, yes, you, can hire better talent. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? I'm your host, James Ellis, and you can find me on Twitter at The War for Talent. That's at The War for Talent. Or on the Talent Cast website. Got a question? Got a topic? Got an idea? Tweet me. I'd love to hear from you. Ready to roll up your sleeves and think big? Great. Let's get to it. Hey, James Ellis here. So, yeah, all housekeeping stuff. Got lots of speaking dates coming up. Um, just lots of stuff. <laughs> I'll put them in the show notes. Uh, there you go. So I, I posted something this week on LinkedIn, and, you know, I make it sound like I just kind of put it out there. You know, hey, whatever. Sure, that's a thing I thought of. It's not. It's a thing I've been mentally percolating on for months. It's, it's a thing that has... <laughs> It's been bugging me, really, I think, more than anything else. And usually that's a good sign, right, that something's bugging me. It forces me to kind of write it down or put it down or, or refine it or consider it or think about it. And then I did the – you know, usually when I have these moments, I go ahead and write it down. And I say, cool, and I hit publish, and I put it or hand it to somebody, and it goes out to the world in a fairly unrefined fashion. It's a pretty – you know, the things I publish are not – these are not polished gems. These are good ideas, I guess, maybe, cool, bum, done. This, I realized – had some legs. It has. It, it. It was more than that. It was something. I don't want to say meaningful, because that sounds like I have a plan or I'm a genius or whatever. And Lord knows, y'all think I'm, I'm. I'm presumptuous as it is. So let's skip that stuff. So I. I did the smart thing and I shared it with some friends and I shared it with some colleagues and I shared it with some people I consider insanely smart. Um, and I will. I will ping some names later. It's fine. Um, but they were all encouraging and helpful and useful and pointed out the stuff that seemed to make sense and pointed out the stuff that didn't make sense. So this is for them, and, and, I, and I appreciate their, their time, their energy, their thought process and all this um, as much as it is for me. But I want to give this to you and share this out. I, I'm sharing it because, frankly, it had huge legs on, link, on LinkedIn. It, this, this, is, this is impressive. I'm, I'm blown away by the response so far. Uh, 36 hours after, 48 hours after publishing it, it's got almost 600 likes I've never had anything like this. So I just want to talk about it a little bit because I think there's something here and I think you're the audience who, if you don't read LinkedIn as often as I do, and Lord knows you're a better person for it, um, I thought I'd share some ideas. There's an idea that, to me, employer brand, and this is where the this is effectively the grain of sand inside this, oh God, I just referred, to, I'm about to refer to what I wrote as a pearl, and again, I am the worst. But if this was a pearl, and I'm not saying it is, but if it was, this is the grain of sand. And that is recruiting hasn't changed a lot. And all you're seeing, all these vendors coming up and say, hey, you need text recruiting. Hey, you need 
AI recruiting and hey, you need this tool set or you need to plug this thing to, to help your sourcers or replace your sourcers or whatever sourcers, you know, you know how they need help. Plug, plug this in your ATS and magic this happens. Plug this in your browser and magic this happens. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And it feels like you're being given not directions so much as an ideas. You're like, oh, hey, go do this thing. Hey, you should go, you should try burgers or you should try ribs or you should try Thai food. Okay, how? How do I make this happen? How do I, you know, if you go to a Thai restaurant, you've never had Thai and you just open the, the menu and pick a thing blindly, best of luck. Some of that stuff's amazing and some of that stuff is terrifying. And, you know, it's a bit of a gamble. And I say that for all, you know, restaurants, really, you some of that stuff is great. And some of that stuff is you're like, this is what I ordered. You can't go in blindly. You have to, you know, pick and choose. You have to have some knowledge, up, you know, ahead of time. And these vendors are all paid when they sell you something. So they're very narrowly focused on, I got to get you to buy this thing. An employer brand comes in and, and has been coming in and kind of dancing around the edges of this idea that, you know, the tool's cool and all, but there's more. There's a, I don't know, a perspective shift, a strategic systems shift. And these words are carefully, strate strategy and systems are very specific words in my head and they're not, you know, meaning planning and big ideas, which for most people when they throw those words around, that's what they mean. But no, I mean, these are truly strategic, that they, they, they shift all these resources and it, it requires a change in thinking from so many players. And in, as recruiting is changing and trying to change and trying to crack open the shell in which it's been, you know, it's been sitting in with that little egg tooth kind of popping it out. It's, 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 it's desperate to get out of this egg. Employer brand is the thing that's going to blow it all up. It is the tip of the spear. It is how you start to realize, wow, the way we've been doing recruiting for the last, let's say, 50 years doesn't work anymore. Because in a lot of ways, recruiting is a response to how the way you, the world used to be 50 and 100 years ago. You know, used to be that, not to get too crazy here, but it used to be in a time where you lived in a village before the Industrial Revolution kind of steamrolled the universe as we know it. You lived in a village, and when you needed bread, you went to the guy or girl who made bread. And if you didn't like it and you came back to it and said, this loaf of bread sucked, you screwed this up, they went, I'm so sorry, or go screw, or whatever, and that was that. That person didn't need to have a brand. That person didn't need to have a logo. That person didn't need to say Bob's or Sue's bread. You just knew that that was that baker. When you bought something, you looked that person in the eye. They knew who you were. You knew who they were. You had an effective a conversation within the market in a certain way, and you didn't need a brand. There was one person making bread or two people, but you knew it was you know you knew which which one you went to, which one was the best. You knew who made the best you know, baguette or brioche or, or, or donut or whatever. Um, you know, whether it was the person putting shoes on your horses or making your barrels or whatever, you, for example, you needed vegetables and you didn't grow them. You went to the store and you went to, and you talked to your friend, the person in your village who sold those vegetables and you bought those vegetables. You didn't need a brand because not because there wasn't any choice, but because you knew the person giving you the vegetables, the person whose hands grew the vegetables, who made the barrel, who made the horseshoe. There was no question. There was no layers of abstraction. There wasn't some factory somewhere else making them, shipping them to your location, and a salesperson who never touched the shoehorn or the, the, the horseshoe or the barrel before just handed it to you and took your money, where their job is to make the transaction happen. The person who made it was the person who did the transaction. You don't need a brand then because you can see the person who's making it. Frankly, you're probably buying it the place they made it. You're right. 
industrial revolution comes crushes all that we need a brand we need all these ideas and recruiting is one of those things that gets changed when you're looking for work you had to go find a company and at some point you couldn't it was hard to find those people and so recruiters were born but maybe now the world has changed again we don't need recruiting the way in the same shape variety flavor that we've always used it before we need to reinvent it and i think as unfortunately or for better or for worse i'm paid to do that this is what's going to change Employer brand is the thing that creates the change. That employer brand isn't a tool. It isn't a, a thing you buy and slap on your company and say, cool, done, check. It is a complete reinvention of your recruiting thinking because, because where recruiting is tucked away in the HR department, employer brand has to be just as connected to marketing and internal comms and the business as it is to HR and recruiting. Otherwise, it does not get its job done. It is a job without a country, so to speak. It is a, a job that exists, okay, sure, technically, it's, caught, you know, it's paid out of recruiting or marketing, but it has to interact with all those four segments equally. And if it doesn't, it's doing a bad job, right? So if that's changing, where are we as employer brand people or people who have to engage with employer brand? Now, I myself am an employer brand person, uh, slapping my own label on myself, and many of you are too. So I hope you enjoy this. So the idea is that of this manifesto is there's a vision, and that is employer brand is fixing a, and excuse the word broken, but there it is, broken recruiting system. That what's worked before does not work as well now, and all the tools we're buying are band-aids on a system that's broken, and instead we should blow it up and start with a clean sheet of paper. How would we want people to engage with us? How, if we were looking for a job, we want to find that job? What information would we want how, how, what, what perceptions do we need to foster? What is the purpose of work? What is the purpose of my spending eight to 10 to 12 hours a day at your building, right? Those are the questions we need answered. And those, the better you answer them, the better all the rest of the recruiting happens. But employer brand isn't just a top of the funnel thing. It's a complete perspective shift. It's a mindset, mindset shift. And that's the vision that recruiting has to change and employer brand is the team position, thinking, label, whatever you want to call it, that will do it. And everything we're about, I'm about to talk about is rooted in five values. Okay, the first one is, and you may be shocked by this one being first, but it was by, first by design, we grow businesses. Not as to say we help you hire people to create more headcount to grow the business, but we grow the business. We are just as rooted in more sales, better product, uh, more efficient delivery systems, better inner innovation, uh, more fluid and efficient internal administrative processes. We are here, like almost every other team, to grow the business. This is a reaction to recruiting, feeling like recruiting's in recruiting's own little bubble and all their metrics are recruiting metrics and you know they feel like they don't have a seat at the table because they don't speak the same language, they don't speak business. And I think employer brand has to be rooted in the idea that our purpose, our only purpose is to grow the business. Everything else is deck chairs on a Titanic, right? If you aren't growing the business, what exactly is your purpose? It's not to fill the top of the funnel, it's to grow a business, second value. We have to approach talent differently. That is, we can't see it as transactional. We can't say we have X number of recs to fill, so we're gonna put X number of butts in X number of recs. It doesn't work that way for us. We have to be thinking about it systemically. We have to see the big picture. We have to see what 
do we want to have happen? How would we, and again, I, I, I come back to this idea where, and I've always said, I mean, made this joke kind of um, off the cuff, but it's true. Um, marketing is easy. Just think about what you would want and how you would want to be talked to. What would you want to know about that product? Then give that information out. Now, the ability to put yourself in other people's shoes, if, if I'm a man, and by the way, I am, and I'm selling a product for a woman, how would I put myself in a woman's shoes? How would I think through that process? That's the only part that's complicated. The rest is easy. You just be good at putting yourself in those shoes. And employer brand is no different. Think about what should it be if the hiring system, and I didn't say recruiting, I said hiring, hiring system is to be reinvented, who would do it? You know that joke, if, uh, if, I, uh, let, if, if I let the customers tell me what they want, they just make bigger horses, that was Henry Ford, right? Or the, the joke that if the government was told to, to fix polio, we'd be given a bigger iron lung, right? Recruiters come at things with a recruiter's mindset, for better, for worse. And Lord knows I love recruiters, and many of you are recruiters, and this isn't a ding against recruiters, just that you have a focus because that's your job. That's what you're paid to do. Employer brand comes from it differently, and that's where we're valuable. So far, so good? Fantastic. But if you can't get enough of this stuff, I have some news. You can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com. That's where I work, and we can help you hire better. Cool? Cool. All right, let's get back to it. Third value. We collaborate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody says they collaborate. Everybody wants to be collaborative. Collaborative. Everybody thinks collaboration is important, and yet mostly we live in our silos. And employer brand is different. Employer brand has to. The only way it can be successful is to collaborate. If you're unable to collaborate with other teams, pick a different job. Simple as that. Fourth one. We focus. Right? It's not about how do we create a brand that everyone wants to work at. It's not about it attracting every person to apply. You know, you look at a company like Google, who is again always on that list of most places, the company everybody wants to work for. They're inundated with thousands of applications a day. They have a whole different set of problems. Their hiring is just as complicated and messed up. Their recruiters are just as freaked out as you are about different things, but the problems are still there. So the question is. How do we create a brand that focuses on the right people with the right message? Where our, our platonic ideal for hiring is that for every opening, we have one person who we talk to, it is exactly the right fit for us, and we hire them. You wanna go crazy? Fine, two people. But anybody more than that is wasted energy, wasted resources. Trying to get 150 applications to fill one role is a clear warning sign that we have a broken, broken system. And finally, the fifth value, our job is to revolutionize. We can't do this incrementally, right? We, it incrementally leads to the bigger and bigger iron lungs of the world. A revolution says, let's approach this problem from a completely different angle. What if we cured polio before anybody got it? What? How is that possible? Here, watch me. Just 
call me crazy, but what if we had a dead polio germ virus and we inject it into people? That sounds crazy. Hold on, listen to me, right? That kind of revolutionary thinking is what employer brand has to do. If you're here just to make 2%, 5% increases on recruiting, you are taking what exists and polishing it and refining it, not looking for a brand new way to do it, and you have to do that. So if those are our values, what what should we believe? What does this manifesto believe? Well, here we go. The first one, the future has already happened. Yeah, yeah. That whole world where AI is going to happen one day, it's happened. That whole world where we have lots of tools at our disposal, it's happened. The, the world in which we don't have to come to an office to do our job, it's happened. The world where we can in interview people face-to-face -face, even though they're a globe away, it's happened. We're here. There's no more waiting for other things. There's no more one day we'll be able to. Tin cup jokes aside, um, there's no one day, someday waiting for it. It's here. It's all here. And if you're not ready to change things now, when the hell are you going to be ready? The, the soil is ripe for your, the, the seed you're about to plant. There could, there's always been so much change and so much technology and so many new ways of doing things. ATS world is upside down. The CRM world is upside down. The tech world is upside down. HRS is going crazy. HR has no idea what's going on. Everything's crazy. Now is the time to act. There is no waiting for something. It's time now. Take it the other way. What we view as work has radically changed. The gig economy, freelance nation, uh, the war for talent, remote work, right? How many people are working remote where they net was never a thing they could have done before? Everything's brand new. So this is the time to make the change. Two, we have to embrace this idea. And I, I know it's hard. I know it's so hard that it's not about the paycheck. People don't decide to apply for this job or not for this job because of the paycheck. The answer to your solutions is not beating up comp and bend for another 10% increase in your salary. That's not how you beat a Facebook and Google. Why? Because they print money and they will always win the fight for more comp. Always. Always, 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 always. Up until the moment they crash. One day, maybe, if. Always. You are never going to beat a comp and bend conversation with Google and Facebook. Is your name Goldman Sachs? Maybe. Okay, then maybe you get a fighting chance. For the rest of us mere mortals, no. <laughs> so it's got to be about something else. And the truth is, no one's getting screwed over here in these processes. For the kind of talent we're trying to hire, we're not trying to find how to get a, you know, a $10 for a dollar. We're not trying to hire devs for 20 cents on the dollar. We're, we're, we're giving them a competitive wage, right, within the median, right, within that range of, look, this is about what most people generally pay for, which means this is a livable wage. Should be. For most, for the people we think are talented, that's a livable, livable wage. The question is, if everybody's offering roughly the same salaries within a margin of 5 and 10%, why do you go to work? Why do you choose that company? It's not the salary. It's got to be something else. And it is. It's about the brand. Three, the brand overrides the rule, the role rather. Meaning, if you have the world's greatest job for me, but your company's name is Halliburton or Trump administration or NRA, yeah, I don't care. I do not want that job. In fact, I will never see that job because I will, I will literally pluck my own eyeballs out before I have a chance to see that job. I, have, I hate so much for the idea of working for those kinds of organizations and companies that I don't care how much money you give me. I don't care what you offer me. I don't care if you back a money truck up into my house and say, you don't even have to do more than 10 minutes worth work worth every week. No, no. 
the organization beats the role, which means brand has power, right? If we think of every company as the same, which in some ways we have, the brand is immaterial. It's about the job. That doesn't work. If I have a great role and I'm from a company you despise, you're never going to see that role. So we got to start and think brand first, organization first. Fourth, what worked before will not work anymore. It just won't, right? Used to be your problems could be solved by more want ads, more job boards, more postings, more recruiters, more bodies, more everything. Just turn the volume up more. It doesn't work. You, if, if, if one recruiter calling me does not get me to respond to that job, do you think two recruiters calling me is going to help? Do you think seeing that job twice is going to help? No. No. You, we've reached the limit of what the standard model of post a job and do outreach by recruiters can do. You have to approach things differently. You have to change your grip on the orange to squeeze the rest of the juice out of the orange. Squeezing harder on the place you've already squeezed isn't going to get you any more juice. You have to rethink. Five, you have to earn awareness before you need it. Meaning, I need to know about your brand while I'm happy in my job so that by the time I'm not happy in my job and I start looking or I'm considering other roles, I've already decided I like you. If you have to convince me that you are a good company in the midst of me looking for a job, you're kind of like trying to sell me a used car while I'm walking to the lot. It's too late. I have lots of information about lots of other companies who I've already focused on, and you're just not going to happen. So you need to do it before you need the person which means you need to do it before you have the open role, which means you need to have a sense of, look, we need to hire lots of nurses or we need to hire lots of electricians or developers or administrators or whatever over the next two years because that's the way our business is growing. Okay. If you know in a year or two that you need lots of data scientists and nurses, you better invest in building relationships with those data scientists and nurses just to kind of give them information and give them value and build relationships and build trust so that when you do say, hey, look, we're having a huge career fair. We have a huge need for nurses like you and your friends. Can you have a conversation with me? They're saying, yeah, yeah, okay, we've, you've built trust with me. I'm ready to go. You need to build the awareness. You need to build that connection long before you need to hire it. Six, this means we're halfway there. Give the talent what they want. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like I have to put this out here. But... Posting jobs doesn't get you what people who aren't looking for jobs want, right? If I'm not looking for a job, post all you want. I will never hear of you. However, if you post videos and blog posts and white papers that help me get good at my job or help teach me something or inspire me or educate or inform me or entertain me, oh, that's a whole different ballgame. Then when I do want to look for a job and I see your logo, oh, that's interesting. I've heard of them. Oh, that's interesting. They helped me solve a problem once. How's that one? Can you think of a world and when you have 100,000 people who think, man, that company is great. They helped me solve a problem. Do you think they're going to answer your phone calls then? Do you think they're going to answer your emails from recruiters then? Hell yeah. When you're trying to do it blindly and coldly, that's when they reject you and ignore you because they can. You've not built the relationship. You need to build it beforehand. Seven, think focus, not expansion. The job isn't to get bigger. The job is to get better, right? You want to focus what you're trying to say and whom you're trying to say it to. 
you, you stop thinking recruiter is so good at they have learned all the wrong lessons from mass marketing and Super Bowl commercials and how do you know magazine ads and how do I get everybody excited I know I know people at GE so please don't hate me when I say this the GE posting Super Bowl ads about its, its employer brand in a way that's consumable was a huge breakthrough for them and it got a lot of attention from people like us I would love to know how much great talent went, huh, interesting, I'd like to learn more. Or was it good for people who simply had no idea, who would never apply, who would, you know, who would, <laughs> they were computer scientists. They never thought, hmm, and I maybe now now add GE to my list of consideration, consideration set of jobs and companies I would work for. I'd love to know the data of that because I think it had more of an impact inside the industry than on their actual recruiting floor or at least in the most valuable areas of their recruiting. And that's because they're using mass marketing. Instead of saying, I need to build a relationship with 10 people because if I do that, all 10 of them will help me do my job as a recruiter. If I need data scientists in a year from now and I build relationships with 10 data scientists and feed them information and help them find other jobs and help them understand the market and help them answer their questions, imagine that. Imagine a recruiter saying, imagine I'm a data scientist and I have a good relationship with a recruiter and I say, hey, I'm talking to this other company and this is the offer they're making. Is this a comp, is this a, 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 um, I don't know, a standard salary for this kind of role. And the recruiter says, actually, that's about what we pay. Or you know what? We pay a lot more. We pay a lot less, but we focus on this. Imagine the trust you've just generated. Now, for most recruiters, that looks like an opportunity to burn that relationship. Oh, you're never going to hire them because you just told them to go take that job. Wrong. 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 Oh my God. How many times can I say wrong? You now have a friend for life. And by the way, that friend's a data scientist. How many data scientists do you think they know? If you ask them, look, would you post this need for, you know, this story about data scientists to your network and your places? We'd love for you to help us find more data scientists like yourself. You're very happy at your job. Great. I'm glad I helped you get that job. I'm gr great, glad I made you feel good about accepting that offer at that other company. Fantastic. Oh, you're going to help me do my job. Wow. In a network I don't have access to. Wow. And I'm going to be able to go to that well forever. Wow. That is long-term thinking in a nutshell. And recruiters don't have the resources to think long-term. Most of them don't. Most of them expect to put butts in seats. And for those of you who are lucky enough to build networks and build relationships, treating it like headhunters, treating it like executive recruiting, good for you. That's where we're all heading anyway. That's the plan. Eight, your brand does not come from the outside. It comes from the inside. If you care about innovation and you fund innovation and you work 12-hour days, 14-hour days every day to invent new things and all you do is patent things and all you do is show the world how it can be done and you try to apply an employer brand that says, we're all about work-life balance, Where'd that come from? Well, we think the people we're trying to reach like work-life balance. Well, then those people will not be happy at your company where you're driving 12 to 14 hour days. Your brand starts by who you are. At no point do I say my brand is marathon runner. I'm 6'1 and chubby. No, it's not happening. My brand is I get to be the crazy person with a microphone in their dining room because that's what I'm doing. That's who I am. That's what I'm doing. At best, you can see me on stage. That's my brand. I'm not an athlete. I'm not on TV. I'm not that face. I'm not that guy. If I pretended I was, it would fail miserably. Your brand starts with from within. 
nine. Your brand is bigger than you. Your brand doesn't just happen because you exist in your job as employer brand person. Your employer brand exists because you make a product and it's out in the world. And your employees and your stockholders and your investors and your leaders exist and they do things. And sometimes they get really drunk and drive their cars into buildings and it turns out that that's your CEO and now your company and your brand is associated with that CEO doing a stupid thing. Does that sound familiar to a handful of companies I don't feel like naming? Yeah, I bet it does. What about when one stupid person sexually harasses somebody and maybe HR doesn't jump on it too fast or brushes it under the rug, which I'm hoping they didn't do? Guess what? Your employer brand's all about sexual harassment. Congratulations. Your employer brand is bigger than recruiting. It's bigger than HR. It's bigger than the staff. It's bigger. It's, it's so much more. It is what happens when a consumer uses your product or service. That has nothing to do with recruiting or employer brand or HR. It's what the consumer does with that product. Huge impact. It's bigger than what you have access to. And that means we go to number 10, and that is you can't just fix things. You have to influence, but you have to influence the entire system. You can't. Look, I don't know if you know anything about riding a, driving a boat, and Lord knows if I just refer to it as driving a boat, Lord knows I don't know much about it either, but I do know this. There's a thing that you steer with, right? It's called the, the rudder, and there's a sail, and there's a thing that sinks in the bottom, and there's lots and lots of ropes. If I think I can steer using just the rudder going left and right, I'm wrong. What if the wind is going the other direction? What if we're in shallow waters and I have to pick up the, the till? What if I have to, there's so many different things I have ways of changing the direction and speed and steer the ship. It's not just the rudder. I have control of the rudder and I may over index on the rudder because it's the thing I have my hand on. It's the thing I know I can control, but it's limited by what it can control and where it can take me. If I don't see the entire boat, and frankly, if I don't see the entire weather system and the water, and the depth of the water and what's around me and the wind speed and the direction of the wind and is it foggy or is it clear and dry what is going on I can't drive the boat I can't drive it you cannot drive a boat based on rudder alone you have to see the whole system and even if you can't influence weather knowing the weather allows you to make better choices about where the sail goes, about how long to leave that rope, about where, which direction to put the rudder, all of it. You have to see all of it. Otherwise, you're just going left and right, and it, you're going to crash a boat. And that takes us to number 11. My favorite, actually. And I think I started here in a certain way. It's about mindset, not tool set. Look, don't get me wrong. And I know I like to beat up on vendors a little bit because I can I love tools, and I would happily talk to you all about the tools I love, the tools I've used, and the tools I've, I've spent other people's money on happily. There are some great tools out there. There's some great tools out there sold by horrible salespeople, and that's a whole separate ballgame. I like to beat up salespeople too because sometimes they do bad jobs demoing and bad jobs selling. But tools aren't inherently bad. In fact, tools are kind of amazing. However, the tool does not make the artist. Having a hammer does not make you a carpenter. Having a hammer does not make you someone who can build a house. What if you have the wrong hammer? What if you don't know how to swing the hammer? What if you just treat the hammer like some sort of weapon and you're just beating things up? Having the tool isn't the same as having the knowledge and the mindset and the perspective of how to use the tool, when to use the tool, and when to let the, the tool just sit there. 
What is the use of that tool? Frankly, a good employer brand person, for my money, knows when to bend that tool and say, I know it wasn't intended for this, but I bet we could do something really cool by making it do that and reaching that audience or trying to persuade people to do that, right? What if you have an external communication device and you decide to turn it inward? That's, that's not the tool. That's a mindset. How do you touch all the different aspects and elements of the environment, of the context of the brand to channel and focus a brand that you've helped shape and influence and create and put it in the right people? That's your job. And it's not about, ooh, here's a tool that does that. Cool. Give me $10,000. Give me $100,000. It'll do that. No. And for all the companies who say, here's a tool that will help your employer brand, sure, in the same way that a hammer helps you make a house. But now that I have a hammer, now what? Oh, I need nails. Oh, I need wood. Oh, I need knowledge. Oh, I need uh, four other people to help me lift that wall. Oh, I thought I just had to buy a hammer. Oh, the hammer guy, the guy who sells hammers, made it sound like all I needed was a hammer? Shocking. And that's the difference. Tools are great, but tools aren't the thing. It's mindset, not tool set. And that's my manifesto. So let me start before you go away because there's things. I want to thank the people who had some hand in this, small or big, and I'm not going to talk because I think anybody who spent more than three and a half seconds looking at this thing and commenting it or suggesting something, they are all heroes in my book and I all owe them drinks or coffee or whatever they want. They are all, I'm in debt to them. Here they are, Tennille Folk, Ben Gledhill, Ian Hamilton, Noah Holdsworth, Andrea Hurtado, Katrina Kibben, Audra Knight, Allison Cruz, Tiffany Lee, Heather Leskowitz. I can't believe I didn't mispronounce that. Or maybe I did, and I don't know. Cheru Malhotra, Holland McHugh, Dina Medeiros, Derek Murphy-Johnson, Tracy Parsons, Jorgen Sundberg, Elena Valentine. Yes, I did in alphabetical order just to be safe. Thank you all for having a hand in this. Here's the trick. In the show notes, I'm linking to this bad boy. I'm linking to this. So if you like to read things too, and you want to read this thing, here it is. It's on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll put a link there. I haven't hammered this to a wall yet. No, really, I haven't. I think this still has another iteration in it. I think there's something more to this. I think there's another piece to this before it really does what I want it to do and to really help create a North Star for all of us to work towards, something that helps us talk to our bosses and our partners and our, our, our stakeholders about what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it. Lord knows half of us don't know everything we're trying to do or what our purpose could be, which means our bosses and our stakeholders have no clue. And a lot of times we're inventing this process and inventing this game as we go along. Frankly, if you're not, I'm not sure what book you're reading because that's a good book. Um, we're all inventing this, and I want to provide some tools to help you have good conversations with your company, whatever capacity that is, about what the power of employer brand can be and how it can transform recruiting and the business. Remember, we started with the business is the goal. It's not about how to make the recruiters work a little better. It's how to make the business grow. And I want us all to start having better conversations about how employer brand can help reinvent recruiting and grow the business because I think it has a radical opportunity for us to do exactly that. So if you have comments on this manifesto, if you have ideas on how to make it better, if you have thoughts on things to add or remove, comment on the LinkedIn post. Trust me, I'm, I'm monitoring it quite closely. It's, there's been some fascinating comments 
I want your input on this. I really do. So with that, I thank you so much for for playing along and listening to my rambling. Nice long 35-minute podcast. Good episode for those of you running. Stop. No. <laughs> Take a breath. Um, thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. And uh, yeah, bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of The Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>